This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. All the feedback matters a tremendous amount, positive and negative. You can have a tremendous impact in just supporting other creators. You can be getting double-digit millions of views in a month and not make more than you would make at pretty much any full-time job. I have things in place now to make sure that I'm getting it right. I was just like so excited to see these guys talking about science and challenging each other basically to get it right. put so much emphasis on the creator making the thing, there's not nearly enough on the audience supporting it. For some reason, those titles sound more intriguing than just being clickbait. It's that level of power and strength. It just indicates, I am going to talk about something worth your attention. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Means Something. It is TCU's day. We are here live with a wonderful crowd of patrons on Discord. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. Yeah, we do have a good crowd today, uh, despite it coming in a couple hours early. We've had uh, we've just had a busy few days, and Kevin uh, has put the newest mind blow up on the YouTubes. And you know, once that happens, like that's the, the bulk of your day, uh, you've gotten over the big part of it. And we're like, you know, let's, life feels good. Everything feels good. Let's, let's talk and do the podcast a little bit early. So, uh, it's just nice to see so many people jump in despite, uh, us jumping the gun on you. We did. We did. Yeah. It's a nice little pressure relief valve to, uh, to, to, to upload the video, see that there's no <laughs> catastrophic errors with it, and uh, everybody can just enjoy it and watch it, and you can move on with your life. <laughs> yeah, and especially this one, too, because it is the first mind blow that is out there for everybody. You know, and if you uh, heard us talk a little bit about it in the last few weeks, 
yeah, the show is back and Kevin's put it up on, on the YouTubes with the support of a whole lot of people who are happy to see mind blow back. So they made that happen when it otherwise couldn't. Uh, and there's an episode just for them. And now there's an episode back to normal. Everybody gets it, uh, on, on YouTube and it'll be like that from here on out. Right. Yeah. Once a month. And I, and I want to talk a little bit more about the, cause we did a whole podcast about why mind blow was dead. I figured we probably should do a little bit on why it's back. Um, so necromanced it back from the dead. I did. I did. That was my, yeah, my Diablo three class <laughs> necromancer brought it back. Um, I also want to mention some of our upcoming guests because we have yeah. a full March already booked out. So starting That's next right. week, we'll be talking with the odd ones out following that which has been he's been requested 18,000 times over the last <laughs> three years so that's a big one to to put in the lineup yeah 18,000 or so so the odd one's out and then we'll have uh, gamer from mars so so two first time tcu people and then a return guest it's been a while oki's weird stories who has done great great big things since we last spoke with oki a lot of things going on in his life personal life and YouTube life. So it'll be great to catch up with him. So that's pretty much, pretty much March uh, mapped out from here. But tonight we need to catch up on some things because we have been really quite busy and we haven't had a moment to talk about it uh, because we've had a lot of great guests recently. So it's time to talk about what you and I have been up to, Mr. Tabor. And I guess we'll start with me and the whole mind blow return, which I was going to say, we need to start with you because I barely work. You barely work. I don't do, I, yeah, I, I considered myself retired since about 25. So I just, <laughs> all I need to do is, is get enough money for bread and birch beer. I was going to just say birch beer. Do you even need the bread at this yeah, point? I, I think you're just sustaining <laughs> That's the funny thing life. is that's what I was going to say. And I'm like, no, you've got to have food to go with it too. Mm. And it took me forever to come up with bread. Yeah. That's how not important it is to me. The sustenance part. Yeah. So, uh, Okay. Where to begin on Mind Blow being back? Here, here's where I really want to begin. I really want to begin with you. Not you, Matt. You, the listener. You, the supporter. You, the Mind Blow fan. Because we spend a whole lot of time. We spend this entire podcast talking about the great things that creators do and how to analyze their creative lives and their business decisions and, and how to be a creator and, and all of that stuff. Because that's what we do and that's what we think about and talk about full time. What we don't do enough of and what I'd like to do right now is just discuss how vitally important it is for the people who support the creator. For the people who go out of their way, who dig into their wallet and say, hey, this is something that I want to see more of and I'll join something like a Patreon. Um, I'll buy that piece of merch, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That end of this equation is in many ways more important than the creator end because without it, how much of the creator end really ends up happening? And I can say yeah. with, with no hesitation that mind blow being back does not happen without people supporting it. It doesn't. And I, we can not get it. We can get into that um, a little bit more about why that is, but I just would like to hear, yeah, what your th thoughts are on the role of creative supporters and how, you know, we frankly kind of undervalue that, at least when we talk about the creative process. 
Yeah, it's hard to talk about in a broad way, which is why we tend not to. But the point that you just made that the the people who watch and listen to things, um, they have a lot more influence than they realize. They really, truly do. And it can be as part of overarching data, your one little point in it, and then you influence in the minuscule way that way to uh, things like comments. Um, speaking of mind blow, like it became a running joke that no matter what you up- uploaded, the comments were going to be flooded with bring back mind blow. Well, that that did make it something worth considering at a point. Like, hey, I know you you say it's dead, uh, and it probably is, but is there a way here to make it viable? Is it possible? And you spent a lot of time coming up with uh, with how that could happen, and then you. You made it happen. Well, that was 100% because of the audience. It was their heap paradox. Well, a portion of the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a big deal. And we've talked about comments in the past, all going all the way back to talking with Casey Neistat, which was like episode five or something. I don't know. Um, but I, I remember him saying, you know, the, the critical comments that really sting are the ones that are true. You know, and I am a major believer in in comments and taking them seriously, I think they're the best feedback that anybody can have. A lot more than anything else in analytics or the studio, people are taking a moment to tell you what what they think. And that could be making a throwaway stupid joke. Uh, that can be just plain taking a dump on you. Uh, it can be substantial praise or substantial criticism. Whatever it is, something something made the person do it um and you you have to respect that that's happened uh and take into account what they said even if it's stupid or hard to hear uh it it, it really makes a difference and what what percentage do you think is is the average on commenters versus views point zero one percent point zero zero one percent i i don't yeah. know it's little <laughs> it's minuscule yeah it, it, it's nothing um like as I stumble on this, I'm going to just, I happen to be in the studio. So I'll look here, uh, to about 600 comments on a 200,000 view video. So that's 300 per hundred thousand. That's not a lot. That, that ratio is not much. So consider that when you leave a comment, you are doing something that matters when like 999 people out of a thousand didn't bother. That's an impact. Like if you can multiply your impact by 10, 50, 100, 1,000 anytime in life, uh, that's that's a neat cheat code. So anyway, all the feedback matters a tremendous amount, um, positive and negative. It, it really determines what people make more of, what they make less of, and what they make at all. Yeah, and I think that, I, well, I, I believe that po- probably a lot of pe- people who listen to this podcast might be struggling in some ways with how how do I become a creator? How do I become a better creator? How do how do you how do people notice my content? And all of that stuff is stuff that we love to talk about and encourage in others. But I would also like to say that you can have a tremendous impact in just supporting other creators. Whether that yeah. is like you said, leaving a comment, actually hitting the like button, or interacting in some way with the video, or or joining joining a Patreon. So. I want to thank people who did join the Mindblow Patreon right out of the gate because the funds that were generated from that Patreon went directly into, 
which is what I discussed in the announcement video, hiring people to make that show. Because one, one of the reasons that we discussed when we talked about why Mind Blow stopped a couple of years ago, whenever that podcast was, was it, it was it was not something that I could do by myself anymore. Um, there was so much to it that it was really all consuming and there was no way for me to continue doing that show and then also pivot into kind of the longer form, deeper dive stuff. You just can't do everything. <laughs> like, you know, there's only so much time no. in the day. You can't make every video. You can't continue every format. Certainly not by yourself. They're, they're two radically different things, too. I mean, if you think about the videos you were making in 2015, 2016, it's like, okay, here's a topic that is foundational to humanity, and I'm going to spend two months doing nothing but research on that. And, oh, as I'm doing this, uh, I have to figure out like five or six of the most interesting science and tech things that have happened in the last 48 hours. Like it's a, a jarring juxtaposition of those two ideas. And I can't remember if you were doing more than mind blow, uh, more shows than mind blow at that same time. Uh, but it's really, really tough to do that. Uh, so even when I came on, yeah, Vibecat says BDP. I can't remember when, uh, when different formats ended. Um, but even when I, when I came on, it was, you know, mind blow was just, just, just on the way out because it wasn't financially viable to continue at that point. Um, but juggling the two things, the big idea video, and then the hyper-focused, highly scientific, which you've got to get right and takes a lot of time and energy uh, to get it right. Oh, those two things are weirdly incompatible. Yeah, you can't, you just cannot do both. So, so part of what yeah. the, the Patreon is for is that I have hired several people <laughs> who work on Mindblow and they only work on Mindblow. They do not work on the deeper dive videos that will continue on Vsauce 2, like Snitches Get Stitches. Um, yep. So there are kind of like two teams now for Vsauce 2. There's like the Mind Blow team, and then there's the Long Form team. And I'm right. kind of in the middle of obviously both of those things continuing to host. So you're saying host. you play for both teams. I, I do, I do. I play offense and defense. Okay, um, okay. you're a 60-minute man then. Yeah, I'm uh, Joe yeah. Polidnikov, or who's the who's the football player that you love that played offense and defense? Oh, Chuck Bednarik. That's yeah. that's who it is. He was yeah. the last concrete Charlie because he sold concrete in the off season. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, just look up the hit on YouTube. Say, where he, say his he name again. Ends Frank Gifford's life. What was it? Oh, Chuck Bednarik. Chuck. Bednarik. Uh, but if you type NFL the hit, that'll be good enough because it's you know. It's so significant that it can just be called the hit and, it, and it's going to be the first result. <laughs> so, so yeah, so mind blow is back because there are people being paid to bring it back and they're being paid through the Patreon. So thank you very much to all of the people who did that. Um, you know, there, there definitely were also a lot of comments that I saw that were like, aren't you really rich? <laughs> Why do you need a Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have like millions of dollars with all of your YouTube subscribers? And uh, the answer is no. There's definitely a lot of misunderstanding about, well, first of all, YouTube subscribers do not translate to views. 
and they haven't for a no, really anymore. long time. It's it's not even anymore. Like they haven't for years. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been like Would you say a, a decade? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been a while. It's yeah. been a while. It's been yeah, probably like 8 years since YouTube subscribers mattered. It's been you know, a it's long funny, time. Way back in the day, somebody could say, I have 2 million subs and, and that would indicate a hell of a lot of people watch everything that I do. Now, if somebody says they have 2 million subs, my first uh, question in my head is like, do they still care about what you do? <laughs> do they still watch you? You know, like, cool. Like it's an indication that at one point you built something very good, but it's no indication that that thing is, is functioning right now at that level. That's totally true. It is totally true. Yeah. It does indicate that a whole lot of people at some point decided that they like what you do. Uh, but, yep. but, but, and that's but that's it. achievement. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing achievement. It does not translate to continued success on the platform, which is, it's, I think something that I understand people who aren't creators or, you know, aren't on YouTube all day or thinking about this stuff. Don't, realize that like that's fine to like sort of a casual youtube viewer it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that someone with millions of subscribers isn't a millionaire <laughs> but it's just not how it works it really isn't i don't know what you've been sipping but you've got it all wrong it's time to commit to the leaf We've embraced the smoothness and surprising pick-me-up that tea provides. I literally drink it all day long, nearly a gallon a day, and it powers me through research, script writing, and forums on websites that I refuse to name here. But we don't drink normie NPC tea. We drink cultured and refined anime tea from the Dragon's Treasure. Kevin still likes the gunpowder green called Space Cowboy, and I've sampled nearly 40 Dragon's Treasure teas at this point. Lately, I've been slamming black teas like Kentucky Bourbon and Liquefied Berserk Despair. Scottish Breakfast is deep and peaty, and I smooth it over with Sebastian's Morning Earl Grey, which has the best vanilla cream taste I think I've ever had in a cup. Give me a pot of that with a hot meatball sub from Sal's Pizza and Brooks Barbecue Chicken to wash down my last meal on death row. I highly recommend the sampler packs. You'll want to try everything just like I did. I literally have not had one tea that I wouldn't be happy to reorder. The Dragon's Wings membership fuels new tea experimentation and the Tea of the Month Club provides a regularly scheduled surprise. And when you order from the Dragon's Treasure using code CREATE, You'll get 10% off your order. That's 10% off using the code CREATE at thedragonstreasure.com. The link's in the description. Let me, I'm going to put something in the chat because I, I still have this tab up. So um, recently I was working on a channel and that channel had a banger of a short. That short hit 2 million views last night. 2 million views is a lot of views, um, especially in three weeks. Uh, and this reminds me of the Psychic Pebbles conversation we had about the get out of my car animation. 2 million views on this short uh, has netted $112.48. Sweet. Now, that's, that's a phone bill. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Uh, it's $112 that they didn't have. Um, but the 2 million view on on a, a short like that doesn't happen very often for anybody. How many do you think you had probably six or seven of those on Vsauce two, Kevin, that were like multi-million? A handful. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of million yeah. views, but yeah, say you have, yeah. yeah. Even so if you have one, down, of, do one of those a month, then it's wow. A hundred dollars a month. 
Yeah. So you're really, truly looking at like paying your phone and internet in best case scenario, but scale this down and say you get a hundred thousand dollars on every single, or a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand views on every single short you make. That's five bucks. That's one twentieth of what I'm showing here. And that works out to like $5 and 60 cents for a hundred thousand views on a short. Um, now obviously videos carry uh, quite a bit more money than shorts, but the point here is you can be getting double digit millions of views in a month, get 50 million views in a month and, you know, not, not make more than you would make at, at pretty much any full-time job. Yeah. No, no less be able to pay other people, (laughs) hire other people. That's right. Like, (laughs) and and yeah. And let's say you get your 50 million views on shorts to make $2,000 a month and you're doing 100% of it yourself. (laughs) Congratulations. Uh, So real quick, TikTok is so much worse for people who don't know about TikTok. um, I had a, a, a video go pretty viral recently, got a million views in a few days. On that one, on that, well, over a million views, it's at like 1.1 or something like that. That 1.1 million views has translated to $18. Hey, yo. 18 bucks. So that, that uh, is grim. You cannot pay any, any bill with $18. That's, it's kind of like a lunch. You can get a streaming service. No, that's like Netflix. That's the, that's the Hulu ESPN and Disney plus bundle. That's something. <laughs> right. Okay. You just paid for Hulu. No ads. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so funny if they, instead of doing the, the dollars, you got like gift certificates for things and you get a million views and get an email with a printable thing that's like, redeem this for one month of the streaming service of your choice. And that's <laughs> just putting it in, in real context would just be the most disappointing thing ever. It, it it is it is but people don't know this and we, and you know creators never really talk about it um i think for the most part whenever you do hear about some sort of youtubers money situation it is because they just bought a lamborghini or something and it's some 1% of the 1% yeah. of the 1% who do make a, you know a boatload of money every month and yeah the rice gums are a little less common than than they used to be but the point, you know, the, the apocalypse certainly changed that, but now it's even, it's even grimmer. Well, the other thing is that this is really inside baseball, but we're playing baseball right now. So, so you're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, there was a change on YouTube over the summer that tanked old videos, just made them mm. like irrelevant. So, so one thing that was actually uh, really helpful for longtime creators was having Old videos continued to bring in some AdSense, so there was like a decent base. Uh, even if some of your newer videos didn't do well, it could be supported by yeah. maybe a banger that you made two years ago, three years ago, that continues to churn yeah. and bring in revenue. That kind of stopped in a lot of ways for a lot of creators I've spoken with over the last eight months or so. And that has made a big difference. That has made a tremendous difference to a lot of people's uh, consistent revenue and income streams. So I think that you're going to be seeing a lot more creators lean more heavily into things like alternate, uh, revenue streams, Patreon, merch, whatever it is, coffee, whatever, whatever it is. Yep. And think about the longtime 
creators who have a, a decent back catalog and they're big enough to have people who work with them. AdSense was the number one way to to know, well, we're roughly going to have this much coming in each month. That can pay for the studio space, that can pay for the editor, whatever whatever your nut is, whatever your baseline costs are, they would be covered in relation to something like AdSense. And so with that tanking, now you've got to make money on every video in such a way that you can continuously uh, employ people. And that is a massively difficult game. That is hard. It's really hard. And it makes it extremely difficult to attract top talent in the first place. Uh, because look like reasonably talented people really want stability. You know, if they're the kind of person where they can, uh, choose between jobs, you know, they're competitive in that sense. Well, they, they want the one that pays well and is, is decently stable. Nobody wants to wake up, uh, to an email that's like, well, the algorithm changed. Now you need a new job. Yeah. Everyone's fired. Um, (laughs) that's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the effects of this really do hit hit the channels that have done the right thing and built out good staff, good people. Um, the revenue is being so fickle that it's really hard to maintain that stuff. So uh, you can get a, a little sense of stability from something like a Patreon or channel subscriptions or uh, merch drops, whatever works for you know whoever's doing it. Um, but when you do have something you can count on a little bit, you can make the right decisions and the right adjustments uh, based on those expectations. And people get to keep their jobs. I mean, that that's really like kind of a big thing to me is we've yeah. seen it. We've seen a lot of layoffs in a lot of tech sectors um, over the past oh, yeah. year, a lot. And not not obviously not just on you, the YouTube side, but in many like tech entertainment companies. So the uh, ripple effects of this have been like far reaching. And while people are being laid off, Vsauce 2 is expanding. I'm going the opposite direction. Okay. We are (laughs) putting out more content. I've hired three more people, no, uh, four more people, actually, uh, four people in the past two months uh, as part of, you know, mind blow and also uh, just getting more content and different types of content on the channel. So it's all good news on the Vsauce 2 front. It's a lot more work, but it's all work that uh, I think I'm really, I know that I'm very excited about. And I, I meant to say, I think that the audience is really excited about as well. Yeah. And I feel in a really weird counterintuitive way that it's easier, even though there's more work, it's like there's perpetual momentum. And that is so different than, than just like grinding away from nothing at the beginning of each day, you wake up and there are people who have done different things overnight, or there's a project that continues from yesterday uh, and there's more to do, but it's happening as the stream is flowing really nicely. And to me, that's, it's just easier to work in that, in that environment. You know, there's always something to do that is such a much better place to be in than like constantly thinking, what am I going to do today? Mm-hmm. That's brutal. It's a terrible, terrible spot to be in. So I'd rather be overwhelmed and figure out which of these things have to be done today, first, whatever, than sitting there and inventing, inventing your life day after day. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Making things up from scratch every day 
there's a fr- there's a there's a certain amount of freedom to it, but there's also a certain amount of just nightmare nightmare to that. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's awesome when you want to do it, but when you have to do it, it sucks. Mm-hmm. That is the worst is to to have to sit down and pound out something creative, whether it's simply an idea or uh, working on something like a script or an edit. Um, oh, when you have to do that, that's that's brutal. It is just. It, it grates uh, on your soul after a while. Yeah. So that's why we uh, create systems. We hire people and they know what their role is and all of that sort of thing. And that was another part of bringing back mind blow. That was so important to me. And, and I talked about this on the, on the why it ended podcast is, uh, is getting it right, getting the science right. I have, you know, things in place now to make sure that I'm getting it right. You know, Scott Frank is Scott doing is the research. Yeah, he's doing the research and the writing, is, which is something he's done professionally for years at a very, very high level, including, you know, on the well, Emmy Award winning Could You Survive the Movies? I was going to say, we're not we're not just saying this is a guy who's pretty good at what he does. Like, no, he, he won the highest award in his field, really. Uh, and it's one that we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's excellent. He is very, very good. Yep. And and uh, Vic Grimes, who's doing the editing, also is currently at university uh, studying chemistry. So, you know, he is eyeball deep all day in advanced science classes. So he has a scientific mind and eye on, on, on the editing side. And then uh, Jeff Barrett, who is doing the fact checking, who, by the way... I don't know if you looked into like what Jeff does. He makes these like astronaut cards that I think you would be really into. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to check it out after the podcast. But he is super into space travel. Hardcore space travel nerd. And uh, and he's doing the fact checking. And it was delightful. Let me tell you, seeing him and Scott go back and forth about like the (laughs) the density of water and (laughs) It's just I'm not I was just like a kid in the candy in a candy store. So excited to see these guys just talking about science and 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 challenging each other basically to get it right, which is so, so important for a show like Mind Blow, because there were things that I got wrong, you know, and 118 episodes there were there were mistakes made. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, that happened. There, there are times when you just phrase something that Not even wrong, but just slightly like 1% different than perfect. And in, in some of these topics, that is the difference between it being right and wrong, you know, (laughs) like, and then there are enough people, uh, watching who know that difference and they're going to let you know that they know that difference. Mm Mm-hmm. We want to help you make something and mean something. And we say that phrase all the time because when you're making something and you know it means something, even if it's just to you, that's when you feel pretty good about what you're creating. The support for the Create Unknown in recent weeks has been incredible. Animators, artists, musicians, YouTubers, aspiring filmmakers, comedians, it is crazy how talented everybody in this community is. Consider joining the Create Unknown Patreon. Every dollar that comes through goes straight into the podcast and its community. That means more highlights videos. It means a big Minecraft project that's on the way. And eventually we'd like to manufacture custom piss bottles so you never have to leave your battle station. And being a patron unlocks participation in all 
all of our live recordings. You've seen the roster of guests we've had. Having access to their minds is a unique opportunity. You can go to patreon.com slash thecreateunknown or click the link that's in the description. Every little bit helps and your support means absolutely everything to us. Patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. Links in the description. We appreciate you, Space Cowboys. Yeah, so today uh, the first episode was made public. There was a previous episode that was Patreon only and will remain Patreon only. That was just a little a little reward, a little nugget for the early adopters of the Patreon. So the first public one uh, went live today. I'm really happy with it. The response has been great. People are very excited. It's amazing how people miss stuff, meaning like you can say a thing, you can tweet a thing, you can make a whole video about a thing, you can do a community post, you can do a Facebook post, and people are busy. They miss this stuff. So they, I've been you know, seeing a lot of comments from people who hadn't heard about the announcement of it coming back, who are just, they've, they're blindsided by a new Mind Blow episode, which is actually very funny That's gotta be to cool. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like one group gets to wake up like it's Christmas morning. They get their presents they've been looking forward to. And then another group wakes up like in the middle of July and it's Christmas morning. They didn't even see it coming. It's like a fever dream. <laughs> I can't even believe that it's real. It's a mirage in the desert. <laughs> they've, they've won the lottery and they didn't even know they bought a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mind Blow is back. There'll be a new episode uh, every month for now, you know, as the, as the Patreon grows and can allow for two a month. Um, there will be two a month, but for now it'll be one. And again, I just want to put a button on how I started this whole thing, which is just to thank people for supporting it because they are directly responsible for it coming back. And, and I want to make that clear. I, I don't want people to think like, ah, uh, I don't know if it matters. You know, does it make a difference whether or not I join this thing or not? The answer is yes, it makes a difference. It 100 thousand percent makes a difference it's the difference between it happening or not happening it, it, that is the difference <laughs> and it's the same it's the same with this podcast i mean we hit we hit spells where we could only keep going because of uh the patreon support and the discord support i mean it 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 functioned exactly the same way as kevin's talking about with mind blow uh where it's 100 percent an endeavor that everybody else keeps going. Um, if if that disappeared, uh, you know, then you have to start asking questions uh, and making really difficult trade-offs. Uh, where where it's like, how much how much do you want to do a thing when you could write another Vsauce two script or just anything else? You have to really think hard about ranking the things in your life, right? And uh, the more people participate in any kind of community, like Kevin said, whether it's simply hitting the like button, watching a video all the way through, leaving a comment, or anything greater than that, like uh, he's getting on uh, support with Mindblow, um, all of it makes it easier to continue to do that thing. You know, and last week we, we talked about um, the good things, how we like to, to hear the good things that are happening with people in the community. That's part of that process too. It makes it that much easier to just want to pound this show out every week, you know, and we, we just haven't even hit points unless something is disastrous in, in our lives, which that happens and there's no way around that, but we haven't 
had a point where there wasn't something like that. And we were just like, you know, we don't want to do the podcast this week. That, that has literally never happened. Mm-hmm. If it was, if it was crickets on everything all the time, well, it might be tempting to think, well, what's the point, you know? So letting people know that, you, that you watch a thing, listen to a thing just has a surprisingly strong effect and much, much greater than you would think. And it's an integral part of the process. I guess that was kind of like the greater point that I wanted to make is that we put so much emphasis on the creator making the thing. There's not nearly enough emphasis on the audience supporting it and and supporting it yeah. directly and being really responsible for allowing the creator to make a thing at all to begin with. So it's an incredibly important integral role that you play uh, just by being a supporter, by being a fan. It, it can't it cannot be overstated. It's just that intrinsically tied together with the things that, that come out and the things that you like to come out. And I know that there is like a constant, and believe me, this is going to get worse, guys. <laughs> like the, 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 the constant like new thing to subscribe to or the new thing to support or the new thing to try to help out, like that's not going to end. That, that will get more complex. So people are- No, and consider- Oh, sorry. Uh, I wanted to say, consider what Kevin's saying and consider that he's Kevin slash Vsauce 2 slash the create unknown. Think about all of this in the context of somebody like Rusty Cage, whose monetization opportunities are a fraction of what a brand safe creator is. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin's not making a guillotine and, and threatening to, to, you know, teach your child how to lose a finger. Um, his his videos aren't going red whereas if if one popped up for rusty that was green he would have a heart attack uh he'd think he'd been hacked because he was actually getting monetized uh but yeah so as grim as as we're making it sound now it's always worse than you think and for many many people who we know and we've had on this show and who we love people whose content we like and we like them they are in even more dire circumstances. Uh, so yeah, when you, when you see something like the, the Patreon bits, I don't know if I can even name at this point, somebody who's doing it as a money grab. It's, it's because it is a part of their process. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it it is. And, um, and like I was going to say that it will get more complicated. You'll have to pick and choose, you know, who it is that you can afford because look, everybody's hurting. Everybody's wallet is hurting. Uh, this isn't a YouTuber problem. This is a global economy problem. So, yeah. you know, everyone is going to have to decide, you know, who it is they can support and in what way and at what level that they can support. But um, I think that it'll... You can always watch videos. <laughs> just, like, it helps. That was something that you replied to so many people on on the, the my, Bring Back Mind Blow video and the comments about this saying, like, I'd love to support this, but I can't for X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah, the, the, the response there was exactly accurate that, you know what, all you need to do is watch these videos. <laughs> that is like, if, if you do that, you're doing, uh, here's a, a, a suggestion. Here's amount. like a really specific suggestion. Okay. If you really want to support a creator, even if you don't have time to watch that video right now, click on it anyway, when it popped up, because if you don't, and you say you, I'll get to it later. All of a sudden it falls out of your suggested 
and then you just forget. You forget that you even like them in the first place. So just click the thing and hit mute if you're at work and you can't listen to it. And that helps. Believe me, that helps more than you would ever imagine. Just clicking when you see it pop in your in your feed right away. Oh, I I don't have time for this now. I don't want to lose it. Just click it. And then maybe you can go back and watch it later if you really want to see it. But man, I have seen that comment quite often in which people are like, I thought I thought you stopped making videos. How come you don't make videos anymore? And it's like, I've been making videos. <laughs> right. You haven't been clicking on them is the problem. Like you this is this is a uh, self-report right here. If you say that YouTube's not showing you my videos, what you're saying is you didn't click on quite a few of them and now YouTube doesn't think you like it anymore. That's just how that works. Mm-hmm. So there's a really easy, free, cheap way <laughs> to support someone that you like is even if the, the, the latest video doesn't interest you, just click on it, let it run in the background, put it on mute. Maybe the next one will be better and you'll like it. I don't know. But uh, ig- ignoring it, definitely, it, it, it'll be hidden from you so- sooner than you think. It'll drop off from what YouTube thinks you want to watch. Yeah, there's a crazy downward spiral in, in that type of content being served to you. If you do anything that indicates you're not into it, well, they listen. You, you, I mean, the algorithm responds to what you give it. And if you skip over something, then why why would they think when you skip a video, oh, what what he really means by this is that he's actually very interested in it and wants to see the next one instead. No. No, it's like, no, the person is not into this. They think it sucks. We'll give them something that doesn't suck. We'll give them something that they'll click on right now because that's That's what we want as the YouTube algorithm. We want you to click on a thing and watch it and stay on the website. Um, A couple of um, people want to make people happy by giving them content they like too. that, that they'll, they just, they just want you to click the thing and watch it. They don't care what you think. They don't care if you hate it. Did you sit there and watch it? They're happy. Um, there were a couple of suggestions. Watch later is one. Um, Wiffle Butter says in the chat, uh, watch later uh, or a playlist. Or we'll just watch a few seconds of it so it shows up in the watch history and then you can just go to the, your watch history and then find it there again. There are a lot of tricks here and I think that it's worth considering doing some of those to support creators uh, because it really, it really does help. Every little bit helps. And you know, the most obnoxious thing to me, can I just say... And I felt this way for a dozen years now is what the hate flow through. Uh, it's just a nitpick and I'm an idiot for caring. But when the when the YouTuber like begs people to hit smash that like button, even if they do it in like a really cute, clever way, I just seethe. I just there's something inside me where I'm like my toes curl and it annoys me at like a visceral level that I cannot really rationalize. I just don't like it. I know it. why I don't like it. Why don't you it, like because it? Because I, ex- I explicitly explained uh, why I didn't like it the other day. So it's fresh on my mind. Um, and, and it came up like uh, this, this channel had that kind of outro on real, you know, the full length videos for a long time. So, you know, if you like this, share it, click like, subscribe, all that stuff. Um, and it, it just hit me. It's like, are you j- suggesting that? whoever's watching this has absolutely no clue how YouTube works. And this happened too, because I was, I was driving my mom somewhere and she told me to take a right, uh, coming up. Now this was, uh, this was to go to the local gym in town. I had to, to drop her off for a thing. And, and I was like, do you, I, I I've lived here 
for most of my 40 years, this is, this is a town the size of a postage stamp. <laughs> you know how many times I've taken this turn, uh, turn to go to this exact place? What makes you think that I need you to suggest to me right now <laughs> that I have to take the right coming up? And it's the same. I, mean, like I, I was trying to be like Seinfeldian over analysis funny about it when I was complaining to her about it, you know, but it, to me, it's the same feeling with the like and subscribe. It's like, why don't you just say I have so much contempt for the person watching this that even though they've made it to the end of my video, which hopefully was was informative and complex and good and entertaining, whatever. I need to tell them exactly how YouTube works because they are just way too dumb to know that if they like it, they need to click the thing that everybody calls the like button. They got to hear it from me one more time. Like this is the stupidest thing in the world that anybody in 2023 would have to be reminded of this. How many times have we heard parents say that uh, like their kid will, you know, their five-year-old will do something goofy and then say like, don't forget to like and subscribe in real life. Like it's ingrained in the human experience at this point. You do not need to say it in a video. Um, thank you very Sorry. much, Matt, for the rant. It was absolutely <laughs> beautiful and you're totally wrong. That's the problem. No, yes, no, yes, not. yes. You actually no. are completely wrong. No, yes, yes. You're wrong. No. And you're dumb. No, because you're abusing me. It works. That's why oh, really? they do it. That's why they do it. Because you have to <laughs> implant things into people's brains. So they might yeah. know to, that that there's a like button, but until you remind yeah. them to hit they it, need the prompt, right? they need the prompt. It's, it's, there's a word, uh, a phrase called call to action. That's what it is. It's a call to action. Uh, well, and it works. I have, I have a, a question about this. Uh, that So... One reason I don't like it in that production sense is because you're taking, let's say, 10 seconds at the end of a video and people know once they start hearing that part, they know the video is over and you get people clicking do it off, at the beginning now. something else. They do it at the I beginning see. I was going to say, like, does, is the value of that call to action negated by um, reducing retention on the end like that? They do it in the now, beginning now. But yeah, if it's at the beginning, then then that question is... <laughs> sorry boss thread says don't forget to like and subscribe every time he flushes <laughs> um, that's how that's how i feel about it yeah. uh vibe cat did, did, does ask in the chat if the like button does anything anymore and the answer is yes mm. this is what it does yeah. it gives youtube a signal that you like that creator's content that's what it does mm-hmm and YouTube, I have sat in meetings with YouTube, uh, you know, algorithm engineers that have explained that the way that YouTube works is based upon signals that you give it. So if you give it a signal like hitting the like button, well, now YouTube says, oh, okay, I can use that as data to now suggest more of this content from that person. There are, there are other ways to give signals. That's just one of them. But it's one and it, and it, and it's an important one. If it wasn't an important one, you know, they would get rid of it, but it helps the YouTube algorithm understand that you do like that content and it'll show you more of it. I refuse to concede on this and I, and I will, I will pull out whatever insults I have to when I run out of arguments. <laughs> the best I could do before was say, was say you're dumb because I couldn't think of a real response. Uh, but Wifflebutter said something that, that I want to 
keep going on. It says uh, he especially winces when a person does the call to action before a video ends because they don't know at that point whether they want to like or subscribe. And I, when you mentioned the, putting that at the beginning, that popped up in a, a video I was watching maybe a week ago. And it was the first time I'd seen that channel. Uh, it was uh, a reloading channel for ammunition. And it, that's exactly what I thought. What Wiffle Butter just said is like, <laughs> you told, they, they told me what the video is going to be about and then did the, the CTA pitch. And I thought, well, you know, I'd love to do this. I'd love to subscribe to this channel, but I have no idea right now if, if I like it. I haven't even seen the video. Uh, and so I, I wonder if there's a, a less is more thing. Like inside me, I think you should try to make content that's good enough that you don't have to do this CTA. I think it's a cheap CTA. Uh, it's that thing where nobody wants to be sold to. And that's why, Kevin, like you and I have problems with hearing this thing. It annoys the hell out of us for completely different reasons. Uh, Wiffle Butter gets the confusion on on the mostly the same reasons, really. Mostly the same reasons. Yeah, I, I don't so disagree. It's all, it's with all the you. same. Yeah, I don't disagree with your distaste. Yeah. I, I I started this conversation yeah. by saying I had a distaste. Yeah, no, it's all roughly the same there. Uh, and I feel like y- you should pretend this this whole thing doesn't exist. And it's like nobody likes to be sold to, but everybody likes to buy. So make content that's good enough that somebody says that was good, and I want to see more of it. And they click like, they click subscribe, whatever it is. And you just focus on making the content that's going to generate that reaction from them rather than having this uh, almost strangely obligatory call to action. You know, And I really like that you've never done that in Vsauce 2 videos. You just haven't. You, you, and I, I think that's a, a major strength of your approach on it. You've put, you know, you put a, a tremendous amount of time into making each video very very good and that is your your push to like and subscribe rather than asking directly i know my point just just though is that it does work and that's why people continue to do it, it if does. if it didn't work they would stop yeah. doing it and i'm going to no, uh show you right. in the episode chat right now a nice example of this um, if I could find the episode, Boss Red says he'll ignore a CTA like it's a check engine light. Yeah, I agree completely. Okay, I don't. Oh, this is the other point that I wanted to make is that you, Boss Threads, Vibecat, me, we are the minority on this. I think there's okay. a mon- minority of people who find it annoying because we have like a certain neurotic temperament about it. And well, we're not like 16 year old girls either. We are, you know, we, we are we really not 16. Are generally. Thank you finally for admitting that on this podcast that we are not 16 year old <laughs> girls. Listen, look at, look, look at my example here. So here is a video by Vsauce 2 called Math Caught a Serial Killer. 1.4 million views. Very successful video. Very proud of it. 61,000 likes. That's a lot of likes. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now I will show you a video from the. Very, very popular, Mr. Ballin. Uh, I screenshot that wrong. Hold on. This is a terrifying true story that inspired Candyman. 1.6 million views in three days. That's pretty good in three days. Okay. Now, Mr. Ballin has a very, very funny way of asking people to hit the like button. He changes it and changes it in every video. Uh, He creates like a new 
narrative around like the like button. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it'll, you know, he'll invent like a little story about how like, you know, the like button fell down a well or something. And in order to save him, okay. you have to, you have to hit him to like, he's going to drown. If you don't hit him, hit the like button and I save him. I like that. Okay. One, it reminds me of internet history. Ooh. Yeah. 105,000 likes on Mr. Balance video. Yeah. So that is 44,000 more likes. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's like 60, 70% more. It's yeah. like, it's a whole yeah. lot more likes because. See, I like that though. That's a, that's that offers something valuable and entertaining to the viewer by ha- telling that little story. And it's like the way we've talked about internet historian doing ads for things like raid shadow legends that people have seen 10,000 times, but he makes it part of his content. He makes it worth watching. Like I, I the first time he really did that, I enjoyed the ad as much as his actual video. So for him, you know, he's turned it into something that truly is valuable for the viewer. And it sounds like, uh, this guy does the same thing that I don't mind. If you can come up with a charming way of involving the like or subscribe, then I'm for it. I'm being entertained whether I want to click those buttons or not. But if you're just asking, God, what's the difference between that? You know, what would be a funny skit just going through a neighborhood and knocking on doors like you're an unsolicited uh, salesman. And when people answer, you just ask them to like and subscribe. That's the same thing. It's going to go very poorly. Yeah. Okay. So let's just wrap this like button thing up uh, by saying that it does matter uh, to the creator if yeah. you like it. It's not something where you, where uh, it doesn't matter. Um, it does matter even if it's just to giving the algorithm uh, a signal to show you more of that creator's work. Uh, whether whether or not it it helps disseminate that video to new audiences, I have no idea. It might. I don't know that. I think it does. I because I think it's telling like I think the algorithm can look at a an individual user and say a person with all these characteristics, all of this watch history, all of this data likes this video, then it can find similar people to serve that that video to and they're likely to like and subscribe. I mean, so I do think it's one more piece of information that will help get the video to other people yeah yeah so it does matter do do we want to start a whole new conversation at this point about titles it might not even be that long of a conversation but there's something we can there's something i've noticed with titles lately that uh i've already mentioned to you so this is not me you know dropping like a new thought on you out of the blue but i personally have of you to think i paid attention (laughs) that's a good point so hopefully you've forgotten and now it'll be fresh information. I ha- I have this feeling, I have this uh, little, I don't know, hypothesis or just thought that YouTube titles have kind of rev- devolved. They've reverted back to like a 2013 BuzzFeed clickbait article level uh, mm. in the last year or so. Like this is like a new trend. In the last year or so, I, f- I personally feel as though for some reason, maybe it's just because there's an oversaturation and there's more competition and you really, really, really have to hook viewers in a way and get them to click that you didn't have to, you know, four years ago, three years ago. But I have noticed a whole lot 
of what I would consider like the BuzzFeed golden era of clickbait being used all the time now by top creators. The types of titles that are like, this one trick will save your marriage <laughs> or, or like, <laughs> you know, this one, or I went to this gas station in Germany and you won't believe what happened next. Like that type of title has seemed to have a serious resurgence lately. Yeah, I haven't I haven't noticed that much because of the type of YouTube I watch, which is really specific. Like all the videos I watch are highly specific, like it's a review of of a product or a tool or something. So there uh, you obviously can't have a title that's like you're going to love this hammer. <laughs> you know, like it, it's it's going to be like here's how this hammer holds up, you know, it, it's very specific with the model. So I don't see the a lot of the stuff that you're talking about uh but people do seem much more comfortable with it because a while ago that had become schlocky it had become that one weird trick uh click here to meet cougars in your area looking for you um (laughs) yeah it was almost like a game that nobody wanted to play anymore you know it's like no just tell me what the thing is so i can click on it or, or pass um for whatever reason, people seem to be okay with it again. And I don't understand that. I don't, ha- I don't know how it can ebb and flow in that way. It, that's, it's such a strange phenomenon to me because I cannot come up with why it could happen. Now, Ducky says uh, in the episode chat that the YouTube guru videos advise this kind of thing because it has worked really well for Mr. Beast and the tone that he's set on YouTube. Do you think that? Uh, that is so pervasive that there's been like a trickle down and how people look at all titles. Probably, probably. But let, let me look at Mr. Beast's titles real quick and see if he does what I'm the, the silver bullet that I'm about to drop. I don't think that Mr. Beast does. So I, I think I will disagree. Yes. Mr. Beast does not do this. This is the silver bullet and it's one word. This T-H-I-S, this, that, Mm. that is the word that I am seeing used in YouTube titles absolutely everywhere in a way that I didn't see a few years ago. Because like you said, that was at one point considered schlocky. It was considered clickbait. It was considered cheap. Annoying as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It was considered a really cheap way to get clicks. And then we had this like renaissance of titles that were very specific, like the, the Bonak Tarski paradox or, <laughs> you know, right. like that's a really specific yep. title. You know exactly what this video is about. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read some titles from somebody who I think we all like. So this is not me you know, throwing somebody under the bus or crapping on someone. This is somebody that I think everybody generally likes. But man, he's been doing this lately. Maybe he's been doing it for a while. But using this, um, Moist Critical. So Moist Critical's titles, let me just read some of them. I can't believe I'm allowed to do this. This invisible house is horrible. No YouTuber should ever do this. This YouTuber is in danger. Why is this happening so often? <laughs> like I could just go down the list. This is yeah. this is what I'm talking about. And again, I like Charlie. I like his content. 
Yeah. Uh, this is not crapping on him. I'm just, I, I'm just making an observation about this. About this. For some reason, those titles sound more intriguing than just being clickbait. So even though they they have that same phrasing as the cruddy clickbait of the past, they just come off as being interesting. And it seems like a really subtle difference. And I don't quite know how it happens. I don't know what makes one work and the other not work. But like a YouTuber should never do this. I don't feel like I'm being lured into that so much as if you want to find out about some weird thing, click this. Well, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but I don't feel like I've been lured in by it. And that I think that's the difference on clickbait stuff is you're, you're promised something that you don't get. And those titles, his videos deliver on those 100%. That's the Mr. There's Beast no... lesson. That's the Mr. Beast oh, okay. lesson, though, is what you just said is the real Mr. Beast lesson, is that it's not clickbait if you deliver on the title. Mm-hmm. So when the, the yeah. title is you know, $100,000 to the person who get, doesn't leave this square first or whatever. As long as that happens in the video, well, it's not clickbait. That's what the video is about. Um, I'm going to go through another person again. So I want to make it really clear that this is a this is a type of titling that I'm thinking about for Vsauce 2 now because it's working well. So I'm not crapping yeah, on these. Not looking down on I'm it not looking all. down on it. So I'll give you another example of someone that we all like who's doing this. Just to re-emphasize that I'm not looking down on it. I find it really interesting. Tom Scott. We all like Tom Scott. Tom Scott makes, uh, without question, some of the best YouTube videos of all time, really. Tom Scott is a legend of YouTube, flat out. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Like, no questions asked. No one would argue that. Okay. Tom Scott's new video. This is impossible, but New Zealand is trying anyway. This roller, okay. this roller coaster doesn't stop automatically. This river can be switched on and off. This electric ferry uses a very long extension cord. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I've, I haven't, I haven't heard anybody talk about this. It's just something that I have been noticing, and I wanted to throw it out here on the podcast because this is the place to do it. Uh, now I think this might be one of those things where now that I have thrown it out into the ether, everyone's going to start noticing it. It's like when you buy a new car and then you just see that car all over the place or you, you learn a new word and all of a sudden you hear that word all, all the time. Um, let me know if you guys see, I, I will just call it this titling. I don't know. I don't know what, what the word I, for it is. I think I can, I think I can make this deeper than it should be. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that word functions at, grammatically as uh, a determiner. That's the grammatical term for for this in that context is a determiner. And it's something that that changes uh, or sets up a noun. Okay. Uh, And having a strong determiner in the title might be might be the rule here. I don't know if it has to be this. It's just this is usually a very strong way to do it. So um, saying uh, I, I don't know if you have a bunch of bananas saying that you have seven bananas, seven is a determiner there, but seven isn't, that doesn't make the phrase strong. Does it, you know, it's like, no, this is, there's just seven bananas, but in the context, every, from everything that you just described, you would only be saying this if there were a really good reason for it. You know, this roller coaster doesn't stop automatically. Well, it, it suggests that there's a story there worth telling. 
So I think that if there's a determiner in the title that makes whatever noun it's affecting intriguing, suggesting here's the thing, like the moist critical titles are exactly the same with this. The YouTubers, uh, it comes at the end on it, on this one, but like no YouTuber should ever do this. It's like, well, this must be high stakes if nobody should ever do it. And it makes it serious. And so nailing, nailing the determiner on this might be the rule. Okay. Determiner titles. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now I'm trying to think of it in other contexts. Um, yeah, I mean, it really is the basis of that, you know, this one weird trick, uh, it, it separates the thing as being something worth your attention for a minute. Uh, you know, check out this car chase. You're not saying check out, you know, go on the internet and find a video of a car chase. You'll probably like it. It will probably be entertaining. Car chases are fun. Go look up car chase in Google and enjoy yourself. No, it's like, check out this crazy car chase. A dude gets thrown from his vehicle 200 feet and like slides across the interstate. It's nuts. It's that level of power and strength and, and action and whatever goes into the title. And it, it just indicates I am going to talk about something worth your attention. And I think Tom Scott's titles show that. I think Moist Criticals show it. Um, BuzzFeed wasn't doing it, were they? Like those BuzzFeed, those BuzzFeed titles had the same structure. They had some of the same words, but I don't think the function was there. It was much weaker and a little bit bait and switchy where they were promising you something worth your attention. And then at the end, it was like, you know, take this quiz to find out which happy days character you are. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, these are not the same stakes and that's not the same payoff. So I think what these guys are doing really well is establishing, establishing those stakes in the title and then delivering on them. And that, that was the great thing that Mr. Beast cracked on YouTube. Like the Mr. Beast is the king of this is, is he really was the first person at an incredibly high level to pay off his clickbait so that it yeah. was, that it no longer was That's clickbait. And, uh, you know, we don't really have another word for it, so I don't know what else to call it, but the other thing I, so, so, okay. So two things, I will amend my previous statement and say that the titles haven't devolved. They have evolved into the Mr. Mr. Beastification of YouTube, which is paying off incredibly yeah. clickable titles. So now we, we've gotten to a point where we can deliver on that and it's no longer clickbait. But, 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 well, but I said, well, well, real quick, let me throw out, okay, let me throw out what what the difference is here in titling. Because I think that three years ago, Tom Scott could have made this roller coaster doesn't start stop automatically. The title would be the roller coaster that doesn't stop automatically. That doesn't, that's right. The roller yeah. coaster that doesn't stop automatically. That's the title. These mean the same thing. They mean the same thing, but it's not yep. as interesting. But they're not, you're right. They're not the same title at all. It doesn't work as well. It's not as clicky. Say like, Right. Oh, I, and holy cow, do I not understand why? <laughs> one one sounds yeah. like you have to be interested in it ahead of time, and the other one sounds like you need to click to find out about it. Yeah, and otherwise you won't. If you don't watch this video, you're not going to know. There's there's an you know, element of mystery in this. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely uh, definitely an intrigue there that 
you know, thinking uh, on some of the other types of content that have worked really well, like lists, list titles were really effective uh, in the past. And I think that was because it served a similar function where uh, I don't know. I can't think of one right now, Matthew, but let's say Matthew it's Santoro. Like, <laughs> no, no, I want to, I want to use examples that are good YouTube. Oh, okay. Um, right. So no, but he would do like, that was his uh, channel. Though, 10, 6 million subscribers this, yeah. based on 40. Here's his most recent video, 44 creepy facts. You'll never forget, but he's, he's the king of listicle. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when there were things that were like, the seven creepiest murders of all time or something like that. You could hear that title and be intrigued by it because it's like, holy shit, there are seven of these. <laughs> like it, one of them would be, would be interesting and I'm going to get seven. You know, I think that kind of worked uh, back in the day because it, it did raise the stakes a little bit. Whereas I hear 44 and that, like, that's comical to me. Be like, what was the title again? The 44 what? It is. I'm making me pull it back up again. Uh, it might be 44 creepy facts you'll never forget. Yeah, that's like the the kind of title that I would see at a book fair, a scholastic book fair on like a shitty paper. And you will forget them. I'm sorry, you're not remembering 44 creepy facts. <laughs> no one right. no one is remembering 44 of those. It's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. Boston said 38 facts you won't retain. You see, that would be that I'd be I might click that if it, if it was like Eight facts you won't retain, and in parentheses, I dare you. <laughs> uh, but it, they would have to be things that were perfectly forgettable. Um, yeah, so no, I think there are ways to do some of this where you promise something big in a really subtle way and then deliver on it. And the lists definitely delivered on this because you would get however many of the top whatever. Um, but yeah, we're in a different era of it now. And it's extended to all sorts of content. And, you know, Kevin, on, on the video that you're about to release in maybe a week or so, you had some title suggestions and I wasn't sold on those because they had similar phrasing uh, to this. But I wasn't thinking of them in the way that you just explained. Like, you, you've sold me a bit on, on this because you've broken down how it works. Um, it isn't as simple as just phrasing. <laughs> you broke down in a how goofy you, way. you broke down how it works. I just noticed it. Let's let's be clear here, because that's actually what the what just happened is that I pointed at a thing and you 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 figured it out. I had a oh I really had kind okay. of a subconscious understanding of it working, but oh. but I didn't break down what was going on. You did that. Oh. Which is why, which is why you're sold on it, by the way, <laughs> because you figured out why it <laughs> because works. I, because I thought of it. Because <laughs> you thought of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh man, this does work now that I figured out why. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and th there is. I posted a link. It was just the the first one on Google when I when I typed in determiner stuff. So I can't tell you it's the greatest link in the world. It's you know, this is an informational one. Um, but one of the points uh, at the top on it is about. Um, it, determiners being classified as as adjectives and that's the thing here is that there's a really fine line between between determiners and adjectives uh, and they can work together too and that is that phrasing this one weird trick this one and weird all fall in this category 
of describing and elevating the trick. Um, think of virtually any other phrasing of, of a trick and it's, it's just not going to sound cool. No, here's a trick. Well, okay. Pass. <laughs> you know, like right. even, you know, one trick you need to know is softer. Mm-hmm. That's, that's okay. It indicates that there's something very important that you should know, but this one weird trick, well, that works for a reason. It's kind of like the CTA you saying this sucks, but why do people do it? Because it works. Well, this one weird trick phrasing in a way works. And Mr. Beast was the first one to really show you some weird tricks. Um, I think this is pretty useful. I think it's really useful, actually. Yeah. And one thing I would recommend to people, something that I do a lot is look at other people's titles. Like just go like right now, I'm just scrolling through. Uh, I'll do this with Veritasium. I'll do this with Tom Scott. I'm just scrolling through Tom's videos right now. It is an incredible resource <laughs> for learning what works and what doesn't work. Just look at what's what works and what doesn't work for other people. It's right there. The, the data is all in front of you. So you could just scroll through Tom's channel like I'm doing right now. Look at the title. Look at the views. Look at the title. Look at the views. Notice some patterns. Pick some things out. What worked well? What didn't work? This is the kind of like ner- nerdy stuff that I really like actually about being a YouTube obsessed person. I have a question for Kevin or um, the episode chat if he doesn't know. Where do you find the trending tab now on YouTube? It's gone from the app. I think it still exists on, des- on desktop. Well, maybe it's gone from desktop yeah. too. I don't know where. So if somebody, because I wanted to look there. Um, and see what the trending oh there it is so you it's in the sidebar you go down to explore you really have to go out of your way to get it it's not jumped right uh thrown right in front of you um no one used it yeah yeah that's why they got rid of it i mean it's it's mostly music stuff here uh and you know ted lasso season three trailer things like that it's not useful um yeah no these these aren't you know great what one that i like though is from linus tech tips I'm not stupid and not is all capital letters. And that's it. <laughs> that's a great title. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is just a different kind of, kind of content here. Um, huh? Yeah, this is weird. I, I haven't gone down trending in a long time. Um, operating a log forwarder. So logging machinery is making the trending tab 33 minute video. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up your alley. You know, here's one. It's from 17 magazine, which, uh, I, I assume Kevin still subscribes to. Oh yeah. Uh, Tiger Beat. It, does Tiger Beat still exist? I don't know. I don't think so. Do you want to hear? A, oh, it it does. Oh, it does. Okay. Let me. There you go. You want to hear a deep cut? Over twenty years ago, Tiger Beat had <laughs> had a ticker at the top, and you could it, it displayed messages from people. You could input a thing and like have it go in the queue to scroll across the Tiger Beat That's website. That's a bad idea. And I, I, yeah, now this is just not something that, that could happen. <laughs> but I, I asked somebody out using the Tiger Beat ticker that it was. Wow. I asked them on a date using the Tiger Beat ticker and <laughs> I, I forget how I was able to, to know the title uh, or not title, the timing. But yeah, I was able to to send them a message, be like, go to Tiger Beat and and watch the ticker for a little bit, and it, it worked. Wow, it was a good gimmick. I don't think you could do it twice, but it worked once. 
anyway, 17 has uh, one here, the cast of Outer Banks, which is a, a teen-based Netflix show, roasts each other for six minutes straight. Mm-hmm. That six minutes straight is the kind of thing that we're talking about. You know, that's that's an intriguing way to to lure people in that it's like this isn't people just hanging out and being funny like hang out with the cast of outer banks for five minutes it's like no they're gonna roast each other for a long time and it's not gonna stop you get six minutes of it that's a decent title well that's one reason it's on trending yeah the time thing is a thing i mean michael did that with his prime numbers video michael says prime numbers for three hours if that was just michael says prime numbers yeah not as good not as good of a title Nope. For, th- nope, for three, three hours, hours that, is what does it. That makes it interesting. That has 15 million views. he actually does it. Then he actually he does actually it. He actually says them for three hours. For three hours. Yep. Mr. Beast, Mr. Stevens pioneered this. Maybe not. I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, this was a really, I'm so glad that we ended up doing the titles thing because this is was really productive. And uh, look for some determiner titles coming to a Vsauce 2 channel near you yeah. uh, sometime soon because the, uh, this, is, this is the way, at least for now, until people get sick of this. And then there's a new way because that's, that's how this works. You know what I liked about about this discussion at the end? This is exactly why we just start why we started the podcast in the first place because we would talk about things like this, and then after it, it's be like you know, it's kind of a shame that this is just done and nobody else can can benefit from this. So us working through a problem in real time like that is truly like six or seven years ago what was in our head with this pos- podcast, and so I'm. I don't know. I'm happy that we just got to do it. Well, and this stuff is always changing. So that's why it's important to yep. continue to have these conversations because what works work, works today will not work in three months. So right. that's the game that we play. All right. we. Uh, I think that's a good place to stop. We have the odd ones out next week, which will be great. Our first TCU guest with a Netflix show. So that will be very, very that's interesting nice. to hear about that experience i'm really looking forward to that um go watch the new mind blow everyone and hit hit that like button i'm gonna start i'm gonna start saying that i'm gonna start (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna start saying that smash that like button yeah blow that like button do you like mind blow (laughs) why don't you blow Blow that that. like button (laughs) so that people will watch it All right. I really would like to end on blow that like button. We're out of here. We'll be back next week. See you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. We make this show with the support of our patrons. 100% of that goes directly to keeping episodes going every week, and the recent support has been amazing. Sidpoke, NRM, Venture Addicts, Weezer Good, you all really do make this show happen. Thank you to the Tots and Dumpster crew, old and new, who save tiny little lives every month. Thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Clemente De Los Santos, Dan Malatch, Demetrius Andrews, Erica, Farrakhan, Jen Mefasanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Monahim, Natsu, Penny Peddler, Risebread, Ryan Kinder, Samuel Manser, Sean S., Sean Malone, and Tom Bidioger. And a tremendous shout-out to our elite baby gang commanders. Atrocious Guff, Cat, Dojangles, Graham Robertson, James Gallagher, Jeff Davis, Orange Vanilla Coke, Patrick Pister, TCU's personal pilot, Andy, Ryan Carroll, Baseweight, Vinthos, Yetis Deletus, Jonas Walter, Nathan Robinson, Chelksies, and, of course, Trevstead. You are the elite. 
Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer-editor Ben Webster, Minecraft mogul Laterman, Discord kitten wrangler Conrad, and producer emeritus Dan Yoshua. Thanks to Baseweight for use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme. Thanks to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. And a special thanks to Main Gear for powering all of our PC endeavors. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71.